So yeah, I mean, we can start whenever we're, we're ready to start. I mean, what? we're here, we're back, we're actually all... And we're two metres apart. Yeah, we're two metres apart, so that's why the sound should be okay. And, Sounds crisp. And as now, as these things, as you do, uh, start to then have traditions, as is now tradition, with the good roundup, Chris, I believe you have... Oh, the joke. A joke. <coughs> a joke. So pray silence. Is this officially the, pre- have, is this officially have, the pre-pod? Well, well, yeah, we're, we're, I think we're in it. We're in it. We're in it. Um, you're right, and I've got another one. Um, oh, I've actually got two. And one of them was supplied by someone. He knows who he is. <laughs> you know how with COVID, lots of live sports <coughs> been cut mm-hmm. off the TV? Yeah, yep. Well, there is one event that's still on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, there's a live event, you know, they're covering of the World Origami Championships. Mm-hmm. The only problem is it's on pay-per-view. Good is a brand consultancy based in the UK and from time to time we get together and chat about brand and things and COVID and all sorts of stuff and I'm joined as ever by Chris Lumpton, founding partner of Good, pay-per-view and with Julie Murdoch, managing director of Good. Hello. So, uh, yeah, so that, how'd you follow that, Julie? I I mean, I don't don't know. I mean, such a seamless start. (laughs) Oh, it was good as well, weren't we? We're a bit rusty. We should go back to uh, sitting in our own houses and doing no, no, we're we much no. So we we are all together socially distancing and being uh, two metres apart. And it's quite nice to see you both. Well, no, it's very nice to see you both. Not quite nice. It's a joy, a treat. Indeed. Likewise. It's a great thing. So, um, But we're all uh, just here. And so what, what have we been up to? Because it's been about a month since we've actually... Done one of these. Oh, since now. Oh, Nightmare was the last, wasn't she? Nightmare. Nightmare? No, Nightmare. nightmare. Um, We've been been at home. Mm -hmm. I've been at home. Where have you been? We've been at home. (laughs) We've all Uh, been at home. I've been at home. (laughs) (laughs) But we've had quite a lot on. We've done a lot of, we've got still some of the team furloughed, quite a few of the team furloughed, to be fair. Things have been reasonably quiet I would say over the last couple of months but we're starting to see signs of things picking up again uh, yeah, I feel kind of reasonably optimistic about stuff just even the last week or so mm. new briefs coming in a mm. couple of new business things in the pipeline clients coming back online again hoping that we've maybe seen the bottom thing bottom out for the business mm-hmm. and it might crawl back slowly well, we're bringing people back from furlough. That's it's always a good thing. That's a positive. Mm. So that that is a positive. And you know the the economy's kind of slowly opening up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're allowed to sit outside cafes next week. Are we? Eighteenth of June. Yeah. Oh wow! Is that well? Let's get to the. Pubs. But we're nowhere near pubs opening. I mean, well, cafe, gardens, bars, and restaurants. Yeah, as of next week, as long as I've got an outdoor space and socially distancing measures in place, then that is. From next, and we can sit inside each other's houses. Well, well, that's almost I, a pub. With a, with a bit of luck, I'll actually be allowed to sit inside my own house because that's been having <laughs> <laughs> told to kind of leave. And Go for a long walk. Exercise your right to exercise <laughs> more than once a day. Fire on as many times a day as you like. Be gone. Yeah, and and do we think clients are doing more or a bit more resigned to just getting on with it? Yeah, I think there's a few, well, there's certainly a few that are still either on shorter weeks. Um, A couple of our US clients are still on four-day weeks. 
and there's one or two that have a few people furloughed as well. So I think it's not necessarily that work is going, even though, well, the work that is in, I think, is taking longer to deliver because of pressures on the client side with reduced teams and mm. things. So it's a kind of, it's quite a, it's a sort of twofold thing. Yeah, I, I would say that there's clients looking at autumn and just, you know, so it's not necessarily spend for now, but planning now to spend later, which is at least that's encouraging. We had a, a meeting earlier on with a client about that and a couple of other clients that I've been talking to I was kind of going what are we going to do September and that's kind of interesting for mm. what mm. are we what are we going to be like so no it's kind of it's it's life goes on it's now not you know we're all this is it's been a season we've been in lockdown it's not you know if you look at it like that yeah it feels like it's kind of normalized a bit yeah, yeah. Sure yeah. and then of course we've just been working on the business and Writing articles and doing, doing this and this and all various. that kind of stuff. And you wrote an article, Stuart, which was worthy of discussion. Yeah, that's oh seamless. That is, no, well, that is seamless. Yeah, that was good. Well, Stuart, we, Stuart, we, we had this bound, conversation bouncing around about people want, wanting to run before they can walk and all that. Do you know what rips my netting? What is it, Stuart? What rips my netting is if I see one more webinar about how to prepare, oh. how to prepare, and I think, I think there's a lot, and the, the article, I'll leave a note in the show notes, was basically around the fact that there is a lot of how to prepare for the new normal to the fa- to almost to the point where actually you're forgetting the basics of what your job is. And I think actually going back to basics will prepare you just as well, if not better than trying to recreate something because we don't know what it's going to be like mm. you hit a second wave you you know and again with political turmoil is thrown into the mix as well you just don't know what's going to happen so why on earth would you start trying to recreate and redefine basic standard brand marketing rules for something that you don't know mm. so it's actually just about making sure your basics are right so that you can adapt quickly and change to to deal with the new normal do you think that because we've all talked about these webinars and we've all sat on them and and some of them are more useful than others but do you think it's just a rush to join the noise to say something probably well yeah and i think there's this notion that depending on what you read that everything you know the everything is going to change post covid and in reality, most things are going to go back to how they were before at some point. I would, I believe. Yeah, I think it probably is that. It's a rush to just ha- have, an, have an opinion. Yeah, and, and I think some of the, I was on a webinar and the output of the end of it was that brands should be authentic and true to themselves. I'm fucking fuck away. <laughs> oh, right, 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 that right, that right, That's genius. I think that is the issue that you very quickly, once you rub beneath the surface, the, the detail is fairly self-evident yeah. and obvious what's important <laughs> yeah. is the same as what's always been important yeah, in terms funny. of oh, yeah what you've got to do is live to your values what you've got to do Stuart, is listen to your customers oh, good <laughs> and, I, and i'm and i'm sitting there and i'm ripping my knitting and it's kind of going actually who's doing a webinar on just remember how to build a brand campaign mm. and remember where brand fits within yeah, All so talk us elements. through what you do, you talked about in your article. It's Come better on. if you read it, to be honest, because I'm not very good. Cause I'll... It was talking a bit about the long and the short, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and not forgetting the importance of the overarching brand-level messaging to com- complement the tactical campaign-focused stuff and how those two work together to build a stronger brand. Yeah, you say it better than I do, Julie. And, you know, and it was kind of inspired by a client, she knows who she is, uh, who I was talking to about this and, you know, what do we do? And there's there's... They sell things, so there's a kind of rush to selling things, but is it going to be selling 
things in the right time at the right place and, and just going, look, you need this just to get your head around it. You know, you just remember the basics. Don't worry about what's going to happen in October, November. If mm. you've got the fundamentals ready, you'll be ready. And and that's what we talked about. And it was a good chat and trying to help her out. And, you know. and were they involved in talking about or being, were they here for us during the COVID crisis? <laughs> I think they were, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the issues, isn't it? The virtue yeah. signaling stuff, which has got worse given the the Black Lives Matter stuff as well. You know, causing a storm. Mm. It is funny because I know there is a there's a difference between you know being mindful of the context of the virus or the crisis, and then trying to jump into the middle of it and leverage your brand by, I guess, overplaying your hand in terms of what the brand means or what you think your brand means to your customer base. Customers don't care. It's kind of where we're at. But I think you know. also the interesting thing in when you talk about, you know, authenticity is one of these blisteringly obvious things that you need to be as a brand. But, you know, I think the interesting thing with something like this situation and how brands need to react and respond is that how 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 easy is it to live up to those values that you proclaim to have? And I think there's definitely an interesting thing on a kind of I was thinking about it yesterday on an EV from an employee value prop side of things, or from a, just from an internal team point of mm. view, you know, a lot of the things that you profess to be as a brand and a business, how easy is that to bring to life when you've got dispersed teams and actually how yeah. many of those learnings will you will you kind of retain and live and improve on when potentially people do come back together again? Is it as easy to live your values as you think it is when times are good? And, and I think that's part of the problem with the whole, with messaging, be it COVID or Black Lives Matter, is that while I agree customers don't care, the problem is the internal customer cares. And somebody's going, we need to do something. And, and yes, the perception the, is... Yeah, we've we got to be out there saying something. Yeah, because mm. what will happen is with cancel culture, if we don't say something, we'll be called out. And if we do say something, we might be it's called lose, out. Lose, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's the thing, if customers will care if, about, in a, if it's, a, you know, will care if it's something that affects them. So I was reading a thing yesterday, it was an Adobe article actually, and it was talking about how um, travel brands and airlines have reacted with flexibility around their cancellation policies and their rebooking policies and things like that and delivering, re-evaluating the way that they deliver value to customers. And I think that, you know, that if you're, a, if you're Delta taking a stance on or talking to your customers about how you're helping give them flexibility and rebooking their flights when they don't know when or where they're going to be able to fly. Yes, there's a value in talking about the COVID situation, but if it's just about making a blanket statement about how you're there to support your customers throughout the time, what, what, what's that actually no shit. Yeah. doing? Yeah. Mm. Is there, you know, I have this constant thing about, not even from our client's point of view, but, but from our point of view and doing this kind of stuff, you know, is there, unless you've got something important to say or valuable to say or unique value to add, is there anything wrong with just saying nothing or just focusing on what it is that you do? Because, you know, the moment you open your mouth, you'll either leave yourself wide open to ridicule if you say things like, you know, what's important, you know, think about your customers. Um, or, or, you know, unless you're bulletproof when it comes to stuff like, you know, some of the, the equality stuff, whether it's, you know, with stuff we talked about with Nat or the Black Lives Matter stuff. You know, and, and unless you're bulletproof, then you can be leaving yourself home to some, you know, uncomfortable scrutiny. So is there anything wrong with kind of just keeping quiet? 
Well, this is uh, we're verging into a different territory here. I think. I think there's the there's, is that a whole other podcast. Well, yeah, I think it probably is, and because in some instances, no, I don't think there is anything wrong with saying nothing or remaining silent. I think there is this kind of rush to feel that you need to make a statement and demonstrate your position on something, but at the same time, there's a uh, an argument to say that saying nothing, you then become implicit in mm. you know as uh, as part of the problem. So I think it would be better if you were doing something rather than saying, saying something. something. I yeah. think that's the challenge that and we're not, facing. Yeah, just do, yeah. getting on and doing yeah. it. Yeah. So to Julie's point about COVID, it's, you know, we are doing this to help you be better. With Black Lives Matter, it's, you know, when Apple, I think it was Mark Ritson who put up the the Apple statement next mm. to the board of directors, the, the board of directors yeah. and kind of going, well, of course you're going to. And it, it, what right-minded individual isn't going to say that, but what are you going to do? And I think that's... The, the challenge is the kind issue. of raising, yeah. raising yeah. your game a bit. Yeah, and that's what it should be doing. It should be raising Behaviours rather than talk. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so, it is, so I mean, the other kind of thing about webinars that, again, rips my, rips my knitting is that you've kind of got to be, you know, when you're actually carving a bit of time out during your day mm-hmm. to sit mm. for an hour to be told brands have got to be authentic, <laughs> you know. It's underwhelming, isn't it? It's insulting, mm-hmm. you know, because it's kind of going, no, that's not really. And it, it, it just kind of annoys me. So, I mean, I think, that, and this is why, dare I say, and obviously I'm going to say this is why I prefer the podcast format because you can listen to it in your own time and it is more of a discussion because we don't necessarily have yeah. all the answers. We've got mm. most of them. But <laughs> I like to think. But I think it's kind of, that. that's the Rather thing. Rather than that, preaching at you yeah, about yeah, how yeah, yeah, authenticity you know, is yeah, important. And showing yeah. you another deck of slides to go. And the main takeaway of this is, you should system. advertise through a recession. Yeah, or, or you should, you should, <laughs> we have said that. Well, I think that's, but also. Well, we've know, said or, it, we've not preached it. No, true. I think there's also, because there, there's also the, you know, the, the same basic principles of thinking about what your offer is, making sure it's differentiated and discuss, and figuring out how you're going to clearly communicate it to your customers. All those things are still the same. And I think the whole, mm. and, you know, thinking about the, there's, you know, the media landscape. Yes, media is cheap. It's a good time to invest, arguably. But then you look at, and this is something you've preached about in the past year, is about what where what brands what the what role brands should play in social channels. And there's lots of um, stats about social social usage and social media consumption and how that's rocketed through the COVID period. And it's like, well, does that necessarily mean that that's where someone wants to learn about your brand? Well, interesting you say that, John, oh. because we're kind of, with one client in particular, they're. Um, their social click-throughs have gone up quite considerably, but uh, conversions gone down dramatically, oh, really? and that's because you've actually got there's more people just doing scrolly scrolly on Facebook, mm. whereas normally they wouldn't be doing it during the day. You know, there would be the peaks, but you know, everything else. They're doing it all the time, so there's more ads being shown, consumed. But actually, nobody's really that interested. So it's its effectiveness is. This is about a month ago, and it's kind of normalising a little bit now, but the 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 effectiveness of social, which I've got a thing about anyway, but the effectiveness of social is um, not really, is, is not as good as it should be. So it's not it's necessarily an enhanced medium. It's just busier. It, it might yeah. be busier and there's more people. People are consuming more yeah. of the channel, but they're not necessarily... Acting. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or if they are clicking on, they're not really that bothered. But yeah, they're yeah. not engaged with it. it. They're not any more engaged. Yeah. In it, They've probably seen the ad... 20 times as opposed to 10 times and they're yeah. just bored and so they're going to click on it and see but they've not really any interest in theory. 
Uh, I have done quite a lot more shopping, to be fair, via Instagram ads. Personally. Really? Well, that's, that's, yeah. that shit works. You know? That's what works. So that's, I guess, you know, your point about back to, you know, it's not chasing the trend and thinking yes. that that's a panacea. It's about, well, let's go back to the basics yeah. of what are we trying to do? Yep. How do we, you know, how do we reach, how do we tie that to a, a commercial goal and yep. what, what tactics and tools do we use to, to deliver that? Whether it's social or not. Yeah, and if you're taking a test and learn approach, which we talk about a lot, then fine, dabble with the increased use of social, but understand what you want it to deliver and how mm. you're going to measure and report on it. And if it's not working and it's not being effective, then try something else. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I think the ba- you know the basics just isn't with that brand messaging thing. It is, it's across the board. It's just kind of getting yourself mm. ready. Now's a good time to test. Now's a good time to kind of look at brand architecture. It's all that kind of thing. It's all about getting yourself fit and fit for when yeah, I mean, back as opposed to... I suppose, you know, when we talk about the basics, you know, it's a good thing in, in any walk of life. You know, and how often do you hear that advice, whether it's in sport or, you know, learning, you know, mm. to play an instrument or whatever it is, you know, or a language. You know, if you get things wrong, you go back to basics. Mm. It's right. It's always right. Yeah. And so in our world, it's no, it's no different, you know. The no. basics of building a brand are important. Um, and and we we had a chat about this, you know. The, let's be honest about the work that we do. Most of the work that we do with our clients is um, it, it's not getting back to basics; it's doing the basics. Yeah. Yeah. How I mean, how many clients do we have that are so sophisticated that they don't need to think about the basics? Most of the work we do is is saying, look, no, no, no. Let's go back to how well defined is your brand? How well? How strong are the foundations? How solid are they? How well are you pivoting messaging off that? How coherent is that? How consistent is that? What are the architecture issues? And, you know, how do you select and refine and execute brilliantly clear assets? That's a lot of what we do. Um, so it's good advice whether there's COVID or, yeah. or no COVID. There was a, there was another, something else I was reading the other day that was talking about, it's a guy, Brian Solis, I don't know if he's some digital analysts, was talking about uh, data-driven empathy. And that was around this kind of what, learning and unlearning and then innovating a way to, in terms of the best way to go forward, which I think is quite, but, you know, it's maybe more relevant now than, well, is it? Is it any more relevant now than in a, in a you know, any other period of time potentially because obviously mm. consumer maybe consumer trends and consumer behaviors changing quicker than than it would do ordinarily but that kind of basis of well it is it's about learning and understanding yeah. your customers isn't it it's yep. not not any different more or less important now than it than any other time do you think it's different and we've we've had various chats around this do you think it's different in the b2b world than the b2c world because i i personally i think there is a bit of a gap you know um i don't think that the the you know typically in the b2b world that the brand assets or the brand elements have maybe not had the same consideration that they have had in in b2c which is maybe sometimes a good thing because they've not been you know overly thought or researched or processed beyond any sense of comprehension but you know i think that that's an interesting space well i I mean i think we all agree in this room uh that I mean, the, the thing you always hear with B2B companies when you talk to them is, ah, but it's different with us. Yeah. And it's not. No. It's never is. It's like on your own, you're saying that to add complexity into something that makes it unique and ownable and also to... To justify. Put, to justify and put up a blocker for change. What you don't understand is we are different. And mm-hmm. we had that in a meeting last year and it was kind mm. of, like, mm, ah, but 
are you and is that enough? are you really and let's have a look at that and let's take it back and i think that's where b2b kind of like to say that it is different and this is a complicated this sale is a complicated yeah. sale. and it's really but at the same time people are people are people and mm. principles yeah, and basics it, yeah and it's like people are buying on amazon at the same time as they're buying a piece of kit at the same time and want the same yes yeah, you're right I, you're so right you know yeah over the thing and it's kind of yeah it's just added to to make it a bit more mystical especially when mm-hmm. i say our friends in the sales department mm-hmm. focus on the consumer and the human behavior and human behavior is the same yeah you know humans yeah. are humans um we've been like this for a long time yeah. Yeah. and we'll continue to to be like this i think you know and the thing that's changed as we know is that customer journey which is the, the buyer of the, the, the service. And then this is the same, again, B2B, B2C, is now so well educated to the point of purchase. So they'll be doing all the research, all mm. this, all that, and everything else. And it's at that point of purchase. You're going into John Lewis uh, or another department or going to the, the big uh, B2B manufacturing company trying to be as educated as you possibly can to make sure you're getting the best deal you possibly can. And that's the thing that's maybe change you know that sometimes the b2b they still think it starts with the guy phoning up and going hey mm. how are you doing and actually by the time that somebody's interested they're going to be doing a lot more leg work so that's why your digital channel's got to be up to speed because you're competing with everybody else. All the yeah. usual. So when you talk about that kind of the see think do framework in terms of messaging and content and that education level content being really important in terms of where where and when it appears so that you're giving people that you're not necessarily expecting them to jump off that and go and click a button that says I'm going to purchase X, Y or Z but you want them to make that accessible. 70% of all B2B sales go to the first company that was useful. Helpful, yeah. Helpful. I always ask you to to reference that and credit it. Where's that from? Can't remember. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) I didn't make it out. Is that a presentation? I'm sure you said 74%. I think 74 It's been 72, 73, 74. Stuart, it did come from a... a, It was referenced somewhere. But what he's done is he's forgotten where it's from. (laughs) It's in a presentation. (laughs) Because I'm a stickler for that. And you're absolutely right if you're a stickler from. I I, I know where I've written it down. I just don't know what I've written down. That's two different things. But it's about a brand's role in being useful and helpful Which at the appropriate helps. point in the customer yeah. journey. Yes, thanks, Julie. Yeah. Fucker. <laughs> Whether it's 72% focus. or 74, it's still fucking important. It, what's the thing in the wall behind you? 80% of information about a brand, or what is it? 80% of all knowledge? 80% of brand buyers know a little or nothing about that brand. Thank you. So you know, I kept pinned that in the wall behind me just to keep us honest. Customers don't know anything about the brand, mostly. It's a framework for usefulness to learn there. There we go. Well, that's, uh, so th- yeah, so that's been writing away, and there's a whole lot of other articles that we'll be pushing out. Uh, the emails are back. I felt that it was useful to send out the emails, mm. and the first one went out last month, for the first one in a few months, and uh, we're getting back on the train on this uh, a little bit more after a bit of a kind of crazy few weeks of just scenario planning and numbers and all that kind of thing so and guests we've had guests we've had, we love a guest and, and we're doing our next carrying the gap event at the end of june oh really a virtual one yes oh. tonight yesterday oh, it's going to be a national one oh. Oh. No, but with different chapters running their own event it's about the issue we touched on it actually on the pod it's mm. about the issue of uh, confidence getting business leaders and mentors to talk about their experience that'll be mm. great that's so. good oh, that's good 
that's the plan. Oh, that's fantastic. That's good. Well, we've got to talk about pubs opening because people love that. Oh. So at least... Well, I've us. blown it. Yeah. I mean... You, when were you beginning? <laughs> you had the, the 30th, 30th of, of June. May. Oh, May. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. May. So, I, sorry, I picked the 1st of June. I was Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I picked the 1st of June. Although, to be fair, I was also then reading a thing the other day. It was, I mean, I wasn't reading a thing. It was a meme. But it basically said... <laughs> See, that's, <laughs> a, that's <laughs> telling. That's, that, that's <laughs> telling. That's my social that's media my consumption say. right there. Thanks, TikTok. <laughs> exactly. Reading. Oh, it, it was a meme. It was a meme. Uh, about, uh, I'm hoping that they're going to introduce free poor measures in pubs when they're back because my home poor measures are... My body's <laughs> used to home pouring now, not pub not pub measures. So I think I've actually drunk less in the lockdown than I would have done otherwise. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. You don't think? No. I think it, well, how do you know? You're because you're steaming. Because you're... Every time I talk, you're totally steaming. <laughs> uh, maybe, well, maybe recently, but when we first went into lockdown, you were you drinking every day. Oh, I suppose. And you know, you're right. Uh, th- then I came to my senses. But to be fair, I think everybody was like that. <laughs> I know, it's I don't like, like Christmas. It was just like, well, it's, it's Boxing Day every day. Got a long lie every day. Oh, man, that's mm. magic. It was good. But I, I'm off it. I'm only drinking one can a night. <laughs> well, what? we've noticed a real fall off in the attendance of the, the drinks on a Thursday, well, Friday. Friday afternoon. You know, yeah, you know. I know. Well, people, I think because people have been busier as well. So but, yeah, so that's it. So no, we're going to be doing a wee bit more because we're in. Uh, it looks like every Wednesday now, just to say hi and get some face to face time. Face to face time, and then face to face time, and then we'll do that. That's oh, I miss you too. <laughs> so we're doing that, and then, uh, and then we're going to do one of these a week and get back on it. This has been fun. Anything we need to sum up on? No, we've not really kind of wandered off. No, no, it's mind. been meandering, but fun. Aye, fine. Don't forget the basics, people. Oh, remember the three stars. <laughs> Keep what? Re- what are, three stars? are we? Are we any? Are we beyond three stars, Joe? No, 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 no. I think I think somebody did give us a one star review. Oh, good. <laughs> Was that an ironic one-star review, <laughs> or just know, a, this is utter mint? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we enjoy ourselves. That's the yeah, main thing. I, I know what you're going to do. It's, you know, we're not asking you to sit down at twelve thirty to be told at the end of something. Listen to your customers. Do you know what I mean? Listen, so I've had at least one or two people telling me that they enjoy listening to the podcast. <laughs> at least one or two. And do they both live in the same house as you? Or? No, <laughs> one of them does. <laughs> All right. Play the music, Joe. Thanks, guys.